You're listening to the Visibly Fit Podcast. Hey, I'm your host, Wendy Pett, and every week I'll give you holistic, practical solutions for everyday issues related to nutrition, healing, functional fitness, and behavior modifications. As a natural path fitness expert and wellness coach for over 20 years, my goal is to empower you to reach for greater health and to rise up to your next level of living in mind, body, and spirit. You were created with greatness in mind. It's time to own it. Are you with me? Then let's dive in. Hello and welcome to the Visibly Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy Pett. It is so good to be here with you today. If you're listening to this live time, we are still in the month of February, so it's still Heart Health Month. So we're going to have a little heart-to-heart discussion today. That's right. We're going to have a heart-to-heart discussion about being or having a health advocate. That's right. That is on my heart today, mainly because my husband and I have been in the thick of things <laughs> with my mother in love. And um, yeah, got to have a health advocate. You really do. What's happened is I'll give you kind of a, a little a glimpse of what we've been up to the last few weeks. And it's been very difficult and very wonderful all at the same time. My husband and I, we came back, uh, Todd and I came back from a trip and we were just supposed to be with my mother-in-love just for a short amount of time to uh, take her for a surgery. She had lump in her breast and um, we were just going to get that lump removed. We do know that it was cancerous, but um, did not expect it to have spread. And that is what has happened. So basically we came here to just have that lumpectomy. But prior to that, like the day, two days prior, she was talking about all this pain she was having in her kind of hip and her legs. And so we took her to the ER and uh, they did some CT scans and saw that, okay, she's got a slip disc and her L2, she's got uh, just degenerative spine and arthritis and that kind of thing. And it looked like maybe a little sciatica issues. So we're like, okay, so that makes sense, but we'll just, you know, handle her gently and we'll still get her to the surgery and all will be well. Well, she kept really complaining like, and she's got a a strong threshold for pain. So she was really in a lot of pain to, to complain and even be in tears the way that she was. So we took her back to the ER and um, they did some more tests and ultimately did an MRI and unfortunately, this MRI shows that she has aggressive bone cancer. So we were not expecting to hear that. So long story short, we canceled the lumpectomy because there, uh, this is a, a terminal condition. And the doctor said, you know, could be weeks, uh, maybe a month. We don't know. But it's terminal and it's aggressive. And so that... Uh, told us that we needed to make some different arrangements. Now, at this point, she's not able, she wasn't able to stand and, and do, you know, just do normal things, right, <laughs> that we do on a day-to-day basis. And so she needed some extra care. And while we were trying to figure out just kind of getting hospice in place and a schedule, uh, Todd has, uh, there's five of them total siblings, uh, getting all that in place for for different caretaking and the schedule, we needed to have her in a short-term kind of facility 
while we took this on. Because if you've ever gone through this with a loved one, it's a lot. <laughs> and again, we weren't expecting this. We weren't prepared for this. Um, and uh, it, it's it's been a learning experience is what I can say. Um, but I am so adamant right now about how you, how I, how we all need to have a health advocate over and beyond the social workers in place and that kind of thing. Because, you know, you as your own health advocate, you're the best health advocate, but you're not, if you're not in a place to be your own health advocate, you've got to have someone that you trust, someone that um, thinks like you do regarding the healthcare system and that you can really bring along and uh, can go to bat for you, that can fight for you, that can speak and advocate on your behalf. Because as we had her in this facility, which again, a great facility, wonderful people there, but no one cares for you quite like those that know you and love you, right? And so we were a little frustrated on some levels, um, and I'll talk a little bit about that, but we were there a lot, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and in between. And I don't think the staff was used to seeing so much attention to their patients uh, from a family member or, or friends, right? In fact, we were there, what, six or seven days, and I only saw two people visiting people that were in that facility, and it was a short visit. And it really made me, made me sad, right? It made me sad for those that don't have people there uh, visiting or the fact that they're there in the first place. Our goal is, you know, was to get her home, which we did. And it was so exciting to get her home. And she was like a little kid just wanting to do a little happy dance, right? She, she was, yeah, Carol was thrilled. My mother in love was thrilled to be home and be in her own peaceful, um, comfortable surroundings. And you can't blame her, right? And I'm, I'm kind of on this little, I don't know, this might be, <laughs> I might be getting on a soapbox in this whole podcast here because, uh, yeah, it's, it's raw, it's real. And I've experienced this and I just, I'm thinking why, why as a society are we sending our loved ones to facilities? And I know that we have lives. I know we've got jobs. I know we've got other things going on that we can't care for someone 24 seven, but there's a way to do it. And so is it easy per se? No, it takes a lot of planning. It takes a lot of uh, coordinating, but it's doable. And I believe that we are one of the only countries that are sending off our loved ones, our, our parents and grandparents to facilities. And it, it's heartbreaking. And I don't want us to do that anymore. I really don't. And again, if you have someone in a facility, I'm not, you know, condemning or, or, shaming you. I'm just stating the fact that I believe that we can, as a society, start to care for our loved ones and honor them in such a way that they have the best care and love as they start to head out to their heavenly home. So being a health advocate in a time when you're, you know, transitioning, right, is so important, or even just when you're having a health crisis, it's so important. Um, to have these health advocates in place. But let's go back to this facility for just a moment where my mother-in-love was. 
uh, Carol, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen. Okay. There's a lot of moving parts and that's one of the frustrating parts. And again, I know that, man, uh, the industry is lacking, like, like they're, they're short staffed. Like I get it. It's, it's tough, but it's also tough for the patient and the loved ones uh, of that patient to see all the, the people that are, um, not fully on track with seeing the care plan. <laughs> like, I don't know if they're too busy or they're just used to doing certain things a certain way that they don't really pay attention. Um, but I think they were a little frustrated with us too, because we were keeping them very accountable <laughs> in a loving way, in a truthful way. Um, but man, I just saw that these other people in the facility facility that do not have that accountability piece uh, and, and aren't getting the care that I know that they really do deserve, right? And that can be, um, it, it's just heartbreaking to see, right? But we need health advocates and, and we need to be health advocates for others. Because if we don't have health advocates, we might begin to encounter just hidden secrets and, and painful experiences within the healthcare system. Again, there's a time and a place, and I know that uh, some of the healthcare system is really, really great, right? But there's also some holes. There's some there's some pitfalls within the healthcare system, and so there are some challenges, and there can be some consequences if we are not health advocates for somebody else, or if we cannot be our own. The first one is having a lack of information, or even too much information, but a lack of information within the information, if that makes sense. Without a health advocate, and again, I know that social workers are considered health advocates, but no one can advocate like you or for you, like you or like a loved one. They're just, they just can't. They do their best. They're doing great jobs, uh, a, a great job, but we, we really need to be health advocates for those in our family and, and for our friends. But if you don't really understand the information given, because again, it's a lot of information and you can have lack of information within all the information, there can be some, some critical situations that happen. I mean, uh, from treatment options, um, you, you can, you can become really confused and disoriented, uninformed, and you can end up not having the best course of action for your health or for your loved one's health. And so that's what we were noticing as well, that there was a lot of information, but then there was a lack of information within the information. Like what does this med do and why are we giving this to her? Does she really need this? Um, and, and why is this part of the, is it just part of the protocol? Because well, financially it's part of the protocol or is it because she really does um, need this med in order to get her to uh, a better state of being right we know it's terminal right but we want her to go out with ease not in a a, a crazed state not something that gets her confused and keeps her uh you know not sleeping well or hallucinating or bad dreams and that kind of thing was happening. And so we had to step up. We had to be Carol's advocate and, and just start asking questions and say, okay, we need to get her off of this particular med. And I'm not going to say what it is because I need to keep this episode on YouTube. <laughs> and if um, you want to know what that is, you can uh, make a little comment and I will share it with you, or you can email me and I'll tell you what that med was. 
And while it may work for some people, it didn't work for her. And so not everybody is the same. And so you got to have a voice that's going to speak up and say, all right, let's get rid of that. Let's, let's keep pushing the meds out and let's just keep her in as much comfort as we can with um, minimal pain meds so that she can have clarity of mind and, and not be in a, in an, an emotional mess. Right. So another kind of consequence or um, challenge that you might face if you don't have a health advocate or if you're not being one for someone else is just that miscommunication and misunderstanding. Just like I was talking about with the med, um, there can be lots of misunderstandings and miscommunication. There's even simple miscommunications regarding healthcare. So for instance, um, in Carol's healthcare plan, which is really a big plan, I don't know that too many of the healthcare aides were looking at it because <laughs> it seemed like this miscommunication happened quite often. So um, Todd and I, we wrote up a huge like Carol's care plan on a huge, big sticky note, like kind of thing that's like poster size that stuck on the wall and said, okay, one, Carol can't see. She's legally blind because they would just put the food in front of her and say, okay, like enjoy your meal. Well, she needs it cut up. She can't see. Or they would bring like a full cup of coffee or juice. Well, it spills every time. Like she cannot see. Can you bring a half a cup? And they kept bringing a full cup. And anyway, we were um, constantly keeping them accountable, so to speak, and trying to really get the communication across or uh, saying, okay, Carol is deaf. She needs her hearing aids in. And when she has her hearing aids in, she can really only hear in her right ear. So speak in that ear, speaks, um, you know, slow and clear. Anyway, just simple things, but loved ones know this about Carol or, or, or friends, but the staff doesn't, especially with so many different people coming and going. So I don't know that they were excited that we were there <laughs> because of the high level accountability. In fact, I did hear someone kind of complain that we were there and they didn't know that I was right behind them. And so I, um, how do I say this? I lovingly, but yet directly let them know how I felt about what they were saying and how, isn't it a good thing that Carol is so loved and cared for that her family is here anyway? Um, it was an interesting situation. That's all I can say, but we got to have better communication and understanding and being a health advocate helps with that. Okay. Because it can be daunting. It really can when you're dealing with complex medical terminology and procedures and just, um, all the things, I mean, a health advocate can help to bridge the communication gap. And there is a higher risk of miscommunication and misunderstandings if you don't have a healthcare provider. And this can really lead to, to errors, like just with that med that we were talking about with Carol. It can lead to an error in diagnosis or treatment or medication, um, and it can potentially compromise your health outcome, just like it was with hers in that facility. I mean, she was not herself. She could not speak. She couldn't, she was hallucinating. She was it was so upsetting to watch that quick decline and also um, to see her in that way when we knew 
this is not right. This is not normal. So we had to step up on her behalf. Now, something else that you want to consider is having um, a, a support system, a limited support system, but a support system that can deal with that health issue for yourself, if, if it's you that's going through it, or a loved one, um, because it can be emotionally challenging. And so having that support system is going to be crucial. It's going to be crucial so that you can get some respite so that you can have some ease of mind knowing that, okay, this person thinks like I do regarding the healthcare system or regarding, um, just my best interest is, is, uh, you know, on their mind and I can trust them with that. It gives you just a piece, a piece, right? And you don't feel so isolated and unsupported, uh, when you have that, that support system. So not only having that, you know, health advocate, but having a group of people, whether it's your family or appointed friends that, um, you know, a tribe of people that think like, think like you, maybe you even have a contract, uh, or a written, you know, document that is legal that appoints these people as your support. Um, it can really help because it can be exasperating. It can, uh, it can exasperate even, you know, stress levels, anxiety, and just those feelings of hopelessness. I was thinking about those people again in the facility that may not have people advocating on their behalf. And many of them, if you've ever been to a nursing home or facility and you've seen these poor people just stooped over in like a, I don't know, just a pharmaceutical induced stupor, that's what I'm going to call it. It's tough to see. It really is. And it just doesn't have to be that way. Okay. It doesn't. Now, another kind of challenge that you might come across is, is coordinating care or having inadequate care. Okay. Coordinating care is tough, especially if you don't have a big family or if you don't have that tribe, that support I was talking about, or having that healthcare advocate in place. You know, my, my husband, they've got five siblings. Um, gosh, Carol has 14 grandkids and 31 great grandkids. And then, you know, her kids have siblings or, or, or spouses like myself. And man, I'm telling you, she is so cared for and so loved. It is beautiful to see. And I believe that this is what our parents deserve. This is what our grandparents deserve is to have the family come along and support and care for them until they go to their heavenly home. Again, we are one of the only countries that do not care for our elders the way in which they deserve to be cared for. So I know you may have a small family. I have a small immediate family, but there are ways to do this. There's ways to, to make it happen. Yes, we have our own life. Yes, we have jobs and we have our own families, but guess what? I I promise you, God will honor this when we are caring for our loved ones and our elders. He will honor this and you will be ministered to in such a beautiful way, just like uh, Todd and I have been. We have been ministered to like I could just cry. It's been so beautiful just feeling the presence of, of God so close and intimate. It's uh, I don't even have the right words for it because it's an experience that is priceless. And I think we are denying ourselves as individuals and as a society when we are pushing our elders into facilities and pushing them outside of caring for them ourselves. 
Okay. And so I want us to step up. I want us to step up and rise up to, to a better way, a better way like other countries and other people are doing. Is it, you know, hard? Yeah. It, it's going to be a little hard. It's going to be a little difficult. It's going to be tough, but it's also going to be beautiful all in the same breath. It really is. Now I was talking about how, how my husband, they've got five siblings. And so, you know, uh, care coordination is a little easier for them. It's not seamless, but it's becoming seamless. I mean, we've got hospice in place and they've got the home health care aides and you've got, uh, oh my goodness, we have a, a home uh, healthcare provider coming in. We, ha I mean, there's so many moving parts and we've had to arrange that, which has been difficult, but it's starting to have a flow. And, and Carol feels comfortable. She's in her own home. Again, when, when she got to her home and to see the look on her face and to see her light up and almost tears in her eyes, worth it, worth it, worth it, worth it. I can't tell you enough. We have a hospital, um, you know, uh, bed in the living room. Hospice provides all the, all the things you need from the wheelchair to the, uh, you know, the eating tray, just everything is there. And it's, it's just, it's working out and it's becoming seamless. And so having that care coordination is so important because so often, like I said, there's inadequate care coordination. So get with someone who can help you with that as your health advocate, um, because that's going to be very, very important. That way you don't struggle navigating this health healthcare system because it can be a struggle. It can, uh, lead to fragmented care. If you don't have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted, you don't want to miss any appointments. If you're needing appointments or any delays in receiving necessary treatments. Okay. So having that healthcare advocate is going to help you again. This is what, you know, hospice social workers can, can help do and that kind of thing. But again, having someone near and dear to you be your health advocate, I'm telling you, it will impact your overall health and well-being for the long run. It really will. Even as you're in a terminal condition, you will, you will have a better um, experience as you're headed to your heavenly home. And that's what we all want, right? I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. Another challenge that, that could come about is, is maybe just being vulnerable to medical errors. Okay. So if we are not... Um, I guess, in a place where we have a, a health advocate, it could be a problem, right? Because who's going to review the medical records? It's, it's a lot. We, we were there to review medical records for Carol. Who's going to be there to double and even triple and maybe even quadruple <laughs> uh, check those medications? Because that is what's needed. Because we want to ensure proper protocols that, that are being followed, right? You may be at a higher risk of experiencing medical errors if you don't have that health advocate in place. And so that's what we don't want. We don't want it to end up in some life-threatening situation if you're not in a terminal situation already because of a medical error and that you don't have someone helping to decipher and determine your best um, um, health care needs, right? All right, what about, um, you know, if you don't have a health advocate and you think, oh, I'll just do it myself, that's great. I mean, being your own health advocate is fantastic, but when you're facing your own health challenge, 
it really is important to have someone else step in because you can be a little foggy headed. You can be tired. You're just not thinking straight. You're not. And to be your own advocate can be really, really challenging. So we got to have that voice, that voice that will voice your concerns and, and your rights and navigate the complexities of this healthcare system effectively, right? Because it is, it's complex. It is so complex that, oh, don't get me started. It's just complex and it can be very confusing. A lot of cooks in the kitchen, like I said. So that's my little soapbox today. And that's my little heart to heart with you. Find a health advocate. And if you don't have a health advocate um, currently, again, find one, but also know that you can become a health advocate for somebody else. So get educated, get uh, inspired to really know the system and understand it through and through and to know, um, I, I guess, the hidden pitfalls and the dangers of not having a health advocate and not being one yourself. You know, it's, it's kind of that pay it forward opportunity. So that's my little heart to heart with you today. I hope it encourages you actually, and that you find some hope in knowing that there are people out there over and beyond the system. And again, hospice and those the nurses and the social workers, they're doing great jobs. They really are. But no one knows you like you do. No one knows your loved one like you do. So be that health advocate when and how you can. And speak up. Speak up and, um, and step up when needed. Because sometimes you can't and sometimes they can't if they're the ones in that situation or if you're in that health crisis situation. So... Yeah. All right. But there's hope. There's hope because Carol has health advocates and she's in it in her home and it's going to be a beautiful transition to her heavenly home. So you too can have that same experience. So find your tribe of health advocates and go and be one for somebody else. All right. All right. I hope this blessed you. Uh, share it with others. And also if you are looking to get healthy and well, and to stay out of the healthcare system, then I encourage you to go to getvisiblyfit.com. Let's get you on board for the seven-week accelerator program that will get you healthy and well in mind, body, spirit, emotions. Let's help you release weight, release unhealthy emotions, maybe attached to the weight, get off medication, and get into a healthy place just as God intended for you so you can have a quality amazing life ahead. So take charge of your health today. If you have questions, let me know, but jump in, jump on board. You can pay all in one payment or you can pay in three payments. You can use your HSA or FSA account as well. So keep that in mind. Again, go to getvisiblyfit.com and let's take action today. God bless. And thanks so much for being on uh, or sharing this episode and also listening to this and tuning in, share it with others. And I'll catch you next time right here on Visibly Fit. Again, be blessed.
Well, that's a wrap for today's show. So thank you so much for tuning in. I love spending this time with you. To learn more and get more free resources, just head on over to wendypet.com. And thank you in advance for sharing this episode and this podcast, following and subscribing not only to this podcast, but finding me on social media, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever you are, I'm probably there too. Until next week in our next podcast time together, make it a visibly fit day.